Welcome back, everybody. I can't believe it's been, what now, eight days? It's Tuesday night, so it's a little over a week since we last were on the pod. Uh, I'm Chad. I'm here with Matt, as usual, located in the Bostonia area. Uh, this is episode two of our relaunch, you could say, of 2022 for Spilling Souls at the Sports and Pop Culture Pod. Um, this last week's been really exciting, uh, especially for sports fans. They, there's, it's a little bit of a mashup of everything. You have the Australian opening, or the Australian Open, excuse me, starting. You have the NFL playoffs in full swing. You have the NBA season really getting into that part of the year where you realize who the pretenders are and who the real contenders are. Uh, the NHL it follows that same timeline, so you're starting to see teams pull away from the pack. And there's been some really, really good golf tournaments re recently. I know you're uh, a pretty big golf fan and you love to watch those big tournaments. And we cannot forget about the Winter Olympics. They're right around the corner, right as we get into February here. We'll get to see Sean White, Chloe Kim, some of our favorite uh, stars of the snow, um, who we, we often forget about because when people think of the Olympics, they think of track and field and basketball and all the, the running events, but the winter Olympics are, are sneaky, exciting. So I know last week we left you with a view it or screw it, um, kind of preview about the Kingsman, which was something we were going to see this past week to review it for you. I got COVID, so I was not going to the theater, uh, so I'm going to pass this one over to Matt. He did make his way out to the theater to, to see this for you. So he's going to let you know his thoughts. Yeah, thanks, Chad. And uh, yeah, you still unfortunately sound a little nasally. So I, I'm, I'm happy you're able to power through the pod, even with the, uh, <laughs> the COVID symptoms still, still hitting you. Yeah, The Kingsman. So as, as some of you probably know, this is the third in a trilogy of The Kingsman movies. So the first was basically like a present day movie. The second was also a present day movie with an American flair to the British Kingsman society of super spies, if you will, very, uh, a very similar idea of James Bond, just like an underground group of, of spies that go by King Arthur. And this one was actually an origin story of the Kingsman as a lot of, a lot of big studios are doing now the origin stories. I really like an origin story. I'm not sure about you, Chad, uh, I really enjoy when we get to see what caused a certain institution or a certain person to now, um, people that you like, people that you don't like, even I know Joker and those kind of movies are becoming very, very popular to, to see some of that background. Did you have any thoughts on, on origin stories? Yeah, I, I love the idea. I love the concept. Uh, I know it's becoming po more popular. Like you said, I think I, if you're a person who tends to question a lot of things or you dive into a little bit of deeper analysis than the surface level stuff which i tend to do i i do question like plot lines and plot holes and um sometimes i'm often confused with how things were put into place or how this was put into action so i think i that lends people like myself to really enjoy um origin stories yeah i agree i like to see how the pieces all make sense. And sometimes it's a good chance for the studio to glue things together that maybe fell apart in some of the later movies. Mm -hmm. And so in this movie, I will just come out and say it, view it. I think it's fun. Uh, I will put the caveat out there that if you're not a fan of 
of gore and sort of gratuitous violence, it's probably not the movie for you. Uh, there's definitely some going to be some blood spatter similar to the first two movies. And it's probably not going to be the best standalone movie uh, without having seen the previous two. So I will put that caveat out there, but I do think it's worth a watch. If you look on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's, it's critics didn't really like it that much, like in the forties and as with a lot of these action movies, the audience did like it quite a bit. It's like in the eighties for audience. And I would include myself in that. I think the the biggest draw for me is, is Ralph. And I always forget how to pronounce his last name. So I'm just going to call him Lord Voldemort, the actor that plays Lord Voldemort. That's fair. (laughs) He's fantastic. And he's always been fantastic. And I love going to watch Ralph, uh, AKA Lord Voldemort. And I think he did a great job in this movie. And there's a, a coming out party for, one of the the young stars, Harris Dickinson of the movie. So he could be in some future movies as well. So view it. I think it's a view. Uh, I, I know Chad, you'll, you're going to watch it soon, but any, does that surprise you at all? Or is that, is that pretty fitting with what you thought based on the trailer? It's, it's pretty fitting. It's one of those things where I am a person who definitely looks up the reviews of a movie and looks up some of the ratings by critics before I go and see it. I'm not a per, I'm not someone who just goes in blindly. Um, that can be also be to my detriment. Sometimes it, it spoils it a little bit, but I think with action movies, there is the caveat that critics are, especially with comedies as well. Critics are going to tend to rate them lower or not really like them as much as say drama, like historical pieces or stuff that you could say have a little more substance. Um, But when I watch the trailer for this, like you said, I'm anticipating a lot of action. Um, it has a good cast, like you said. I, th- I believe it's Fines, Ralph <laughs> Fines, but I like Lord Voldemort better, so we'll we'll stick with that. So I think that's uh, that's something I'm looking forward to seeing. I enjoyed the first two, the first one a little better than the second, but I'm definitely going to see it. And you have stamped it with your stamp of approval for a being a view it movie. So I would, I hope anybody listening is going to go out there and check it out. Uh, just as I will. So we're going to talk about some funny moments that happened in sports in just a minute. There were a couple things that I saw and I want to know because there's so many sports going on and so many highlights from all over. uh, Was there anything particular that stood out to you from wildcard weekend or any of the golf tournaments or the NBA season, there's always going to be drama. There's always going to be ejections, but on a more lighthearted note, I'm sure there were some pretty funny moments you found from the last week as someone who probably was surfing the couch a bit. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I'm always surfing the couch a little bit. That's, that's true. Unfortunately, I don't have a ton from any of the the lesser sports that we've talked about. I know there were some exciting things in, in golf and in, uh, some of the college sports atmospheres. But the first one that came to mind was something that happened that was John Morant, so point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies. And I'm sure you saw this as well, but he got fouled on a layup and he made the layup. And afterwards he walks into the crowd a little bit and he flexes and he's, you know, he's doing his, his thing. And there's a young fan and this is against the Warriors. And uh, the, the young fan is wearing a Steph Curry jersey and jaw gives him a stare down like he he looks into this poor kid's soul and he's like i am not gonna respect the fact that you're wearing that jersey and this poor kid is like 
I think he he was trying to I think approve of Jaws uh, and one play. He was sort of trying to be a Memphis fan at that moment near Jaw, <laughs> but Jaw was having none of it. And and honestly, I kind of agree. I agree with what what Jaw did in that situation. I think if kids got to learn, kids got to learn. Mm-hmm. You can't be a fair weather fan. You're you're a Steph Curry fan or you're a Jaw fan. You're not you're not going to root for both both uh, both parties here. Oh yeah, I uh, I before you even said that, I was I, I was going to say I'm here for it. The kid needs a hard dose of reality, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, it's it's one of those things that uh, he's not one of those parents that gets to wear the half and half jersey. <laughs> he doesn't get to root for both sides. If you're if you show up to that game and you're wearing a Steph Curry jersey, you better be all in on the Warriors. You're not don't congrat. You should be pushing Jaw. Tell him go back to the court. <laughs> Like, I, I love it. I think it was funny, and there was no real, like, bad intention in it, you know, on a more lighthearted note. He, it was a funny moment that I think was awesome, and I'd love to see friendly-type, like, competition interaction like that between fans and athletes because you see all too often those type of situations end up being, like, serious when it comes to, like, a player getting into the crowd. Usually it, ends, it involves some sort of, adult that may or may not have been consuming some beverages that ends up <laughs> causing a too much of a scene and something that should just be a friendly type of interaction. Like we saw, I loved it. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Uh, anything that you got any, any notable moments for you? So the one that sticks out the most, probably because of recency bias was the cowboy game, which just happened a couple nights ago. And I love seeing Cowboy fans sad because we talked about it last week. I have a bias toward hating the Cowboys. I picked the Cowboys and of course, predictably they let me down, (laughs) but there was a fan. They showed a woman in the stands crying and like, I get it. You're passionate about your team. And usually you see some fans crying at the end of games. However, this was, with like five minutes left in the game in a six-point game. So it wasn't close to over. I'm pretty sure after that point, each team had the ball once or twice more. So I was just so confused in why she was in a full-out like ball. I was like, the game is not over. Like I know they're struggling and things aren't looking great, but they've got a shot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one of my favorite things after the Cowboys lose late season is – uh, pundit Stephen A. Smith, first take host. Oh, yes. He hates the Cowboys. And <laughs> the day after, there, if, if you didn't see it, you need to go on, on ESPN and watch the, or YouTube and watch the like montage clip of all throughout the past X amount of seasons that Stephen A. Smith <laughs> has said something disparaging about the Cowboys. And it's like a montage clip to, to music. And it's actually pretty catchy, but it's like, uh, they're an accident waiting to happen. They're an accident waiting to... It's hysterical, and it shows that Cowboy fan along with, like, two or three others that are just absolutely... You, you can't even console them. They're so crushed, but it's hilarious because that one is specifically... It's The Cowboys actually had so many chances to win that game after that moment. Yes. I mean, they were... I, I honestly, not only because I picked them, I just kept thinking they were going to win. I kept the 49ers kept giving the ball back. They, they would not convert fourth downs. They wouldn't go for fourth downs. They'd get a penalty. They'd punt the ball back. And I was like, Dak's going to win this game by one point. And all these Cowboy fans are going to be so excited. (laughs) Um, 
but I do, I do love Stephen A. Smith's yearly uh, rant. He goes on usually from his house, which makes it even more funny because he's just finished watching the game and he has some sort of song that he comes up with because <laughs> he, his, his popular phrase he likes to, to say every week about the Cowboys is when, when something, if something can go wrong, it will go wrong <laughs> for Dallas. And he he's been right for the majority of his uh, his time on these televised shows. Call it coincidence or what you will, but they they continue to lose in prime time whenever they're given a good opportunity. Yeah, there was the end of the Cowboys game was absolutely hysterical. As a as a non Cowboys fan, I thought it was one of the funniest endings to a football game that I've I've ever seen. Where I don't know why this was ever the play call. The quarterback no. draw with 17 seconds left and no timeouts or 14 seconds. I think it's somewhere in there. And no timeouts. Runs straight up the gut. Stays on his feet too long. And then he gets tackled and the game's basically over before the ref can set the ball. And after the game, the interview that is being conducted with Dak and the presser, mm-hmm. the interviewer asked, hey, Dak, fans were throwing trash and throwing debris on the field. Does that bother you? And Dak thought it, he thought that the fans were throwing it at the players, saying, like, boo, you guys suck, which would have been accurate, and I would have yes. been all for that. <laughs> but then the interviewer corrects Dak's answer, and the interviewer's like, actually, Dak, what's believed to be is that the fans were throwing the debris towards the refs. And Dak completely does like a 180 on his answer after saying how crappy it is for people to do that and for people to like disparage, disparage the field, disparage the, the organization. Like we work so hard out here every day and you guys are going to do that. And then when he gets told that it's for the refs, he goes, I mean, more credit to the fans. Good for them. Immediate yeah, you know, turd. <laughs> you know, because the, re- the refs don't work hard. It's they're They're just out there, you know, volunteering their time to uh, – on national television to, to ref your game. They're not, they're not trying their best. I can't say anything. I'm an Eagles fan. I'm sure our fans would do worse than Dallas did um, to the officials. However, the officials were in the right. People are not pointing that out. Dak's got to grab the ball and find the official and hand it to him. Do not wait for the official to have to navigate his way through a bunch of 350 pound grown men to find the little pig skin that's sitting on the ground, like take it, hand it to him, move out of the way. That was the only chance they had. And it, I, someone brought it up during the broadcast. I think it was, it might've been Tony Romo or someone else was saying that there was a, there was a moment like that in years past where Larry Fitzgerald, like got the ball off the ground and sprinted like 20 yards to find the official and hand it to him. And they ended up getting a spike off with two seconds to kick a game winning field goal. So a lot of times it's just about game awareness there. But, yeah, I question the call. It's like they were playing video games and something popped up that said, like, ask Madden for the play. And then they – except I'm not even going to disparage the late, great uh, Joe Madden. He would never uh, offer up a play like that. I don't know why you're aiming toward the middle of the field. It's fine if you have a designated yard line you're trying to get to, like the – maybe like the 30 or like five to seven yards. But when you run 15 – there's just no way you're getting a snap off. Like you're cutting it way too close. And if you get one play from the 25 or the 30, like you never know what's going to happen. You draw PI, you get the ball at the one, you get a touchdown. Like you, it's just, it's Cowboys. It's Mike McCarthy and it's Cowboys. That's what they do. If, if there's a way to mess up a final play like that, they, they did it. 
I was here for it. I I was laughing on my on my couch surfing. It was hysterical. Switching gears though, I know you were you were texting me when this one happened, but there was something I think in the in the other Dallas team, the Mavericks, that caught your eye this past week. Yeah, so the the Mavericks were playing the Magic, and the Magic have two guys. If some fans don't know, I know you're pretty familiar with team rosters, but they have Mo Wagner and Franz Wagner. So they have two Wagners on their team, but Mo, probably the lesser talented and now lesser known, uh, was doing that. He got an N one and they're down, you know, 15, 20, however much it is. And he's flexing, like looking at, looking at Luca after he does it. And Luca like is laughing and like gets kind of upset and looks at him and you could read his lips. He, he literally asked Mo, like, who are you? Like he, he, I genuinely am unsure. Maybe the language barrier, maybe just not having familiarity with the magic, but I, I genuinely don't think Luca knew who Mo Wagner was. So it was funny to see that. Um, so that I, I kind of got a good laugh about that. Cause I was like, that's, that's, it's probably accurate. He wasn't just making that up. <laughs> because you do see that kind of thing with players <laughs> that will be like, dude, who even are you? And that, but they know who you are. Like they're, you've been on the film and you studied them, but this could be true. Like Mo, Wag, Mo, Mo Wagner. Yeah. Like, he sucks. And <laughs> he like he was some, and he and his brother Franz, Bowen Franz. <laughs> and I'm like, Luca may honestly not know who you are. So I agree with that. That's hysterical. <laughs> he was maybe actually just trying to be nice, like, hey man, who are you? Like, what's your name? Like, that that, that well. could be. That could be. So I know there was one that I had. I had missed that I know that I want to hear a little more about because I, I, I missed it. And it, it definitely sounds super funny. <laughs> this was, I know this is a little bit dated at this point because it was a, it was almost, it was actually over a whole week ago. It was the night that we last recorded our pod. It was the Alabama versus Georgia national championship mm-hmm. for college football. And after the game, after UGA kind of stomped in the fourth quarter, stomped Alabama, uh, a Georgia player was on national television and he's wearing a hat that was given to him by one of the, one of the, the employees. And it says national champions and has the, the cursive a for Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's like so happy. This college kid, he just won the national championship and the camera's like right on him. And I think someone informs him and says, Hey man, you should look at your hat. And the guy looks at it, he takes it off, and he's so puzzled. And he, he doesn't get mad or anything. He's just like the face that only a college kid can make. <laughs> and he just he just looks at it and he's so puzzled, but he almost it almost looks like he's thinking about putting it putting back it on. Back on. <laughs> That's he's what like, I was thinking. Eh, it it might still work. It's a good hat, but he does he does he doesn't do that. But it was pretty good. Uh just a, a clerical error on the on the part of the employees. I'm not sure how many other Alabama hats were out there, but it was pretty good. I love that. I would have I would have probably started laughing if I saw that as well. I've probably been a little embarrassed for the for the sports staff. It was probably it was probably an intern's job to hand those hats out, you know, like some unpaid intern and they're just handing them out too quick and they mix up the stacks. I can imagine as I did very similar jobs with uh, a couple sports teams <laughs> back in the day. Um, that's your it's your it's your worst nightmare because I 
I guarantee after that game, they're probably looking around. They're like, who handed that guy the wrong hat? Like, seriously? <laughs> but that's that's pretty funny. Um, one more that I, I mean, I assume this more so isn't a funny moment, but it's like a funny trend that is becoming more popular, it would seem, uh, is offensive linemen catching touchdowns. Like, I know it's always been a thing. Like, obviously, you as a Pats fan know, like, the countless years back in history, you got, uh, the Pats have been throwing the linemen on, like, semi-trick plays because it's not really a trick play because they identify themselves as eligible receivers. But, like, the past couple of weeks, I swear, like, every week, the Jalen Hurts threw a touchdown to Lane Johnson, and I'm seeing the Chiefs uh, throw one just a, a night or two ago. But I think it's really funny, the celebrations you get to see from the linemen, because usually all the other players are super hyped, and the lineman usually does something that's not that cool. Like, he just takes the ball and, like, hesitates for a little bit and then just spikes it really hard. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I don't really know how to do any of these dancing celebrations, so I'm just going to spike it really hard to the ground. <laughs> I, I have noticed that as well, and I agree. The, the celebrations are what make it. But I'm also going to say something. And this could be, I know we have our hot take segment later, but this is maybe a hot take now. I'm going to argue that some of these linemen have better hands than their own receivers because I've seen some sure handed touchdown catches almost every time that these linemen catch something, they don't, they're not, they're not about to drop that because they're not giving up the opportunity. I've seen CD lamb drop a lot of passes. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I I think that we should, we should uh, petition to get some more offensive linemen in the, in those, Put them out wide, put them in trips, see what happens. I mean, can you imagine running a bubble screen with like a 350 pound lineman? If he only needs like two or three yards to get to the end zone, like who honestly out there is bringing him down? Unless the defense audibles and puts another lineman out there. Like how a DB is not gonna be able to tackle him. It ain't happening. (laughs) These are great athletes. They're going to catch that ball and score a touchdown. I want to see more of it. I love that. I know. I know. My friend Jeff would love the shout out. I, he he has always told me, as a former college lineman, that the linemen are the best athletes on the field, and I'm starting to believe it. Like I see their footwork, I see their like upper body strength and the moves they have. If you combine that with quickness and ability to catch, I mean, we may not even need receivers. Honestly, just throw the linemen get them out both ways. <laughs> like, the, the receivers are divas, anyways. Yeah, we don't need them. Let's let's do let's do a fancy football draft with a little bit more linemen next year. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and, and hit you with the goods uh, highlights highlighted by our very, very solid record of predictions last week. We're going to try to keep it going next week. Thanks for remaining with us, guys. Uh, we're we're going to bring you a, another segment um, pretty pretty heavy on the sports because the NFL is the the most important sport at the time, meaning it's in it's in the playoffs. Everything else is really in the regular season. Obviously, the Australian Open has just started for tennis. So we're going to dive in here just to to let you know how cool we are, how how great we did on our picks, right? Uh, so Matt was a clean six and oh and it's the wild card weekend most teams won that they were supposed to you know i went (laughs) (laughs) i went five and one we did have one pick that was different we agreed on every other game and i think we we did a pretty good job 
in terms of it was just about one of the closest games of the weekend. It was a one score game. It came down to the very end. I did pick the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Matt did stick with the 49ers and it turned out that Jimmy G was just slightly more trustworthy than the Cowboys. That was my dilemma going into this week's pod. After I told you, I don't know who to trust less Jimmy G or the Cowboys. It turns out a uh, Jimmy G was able to, to lead the way in that one, but uh, I'll, I'll hand it over to you, uh, Mr. Six and O. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Don't worry about the fact that the lower number next to the team, <laughs> I think one in, was it every contest? Did every favorite win? No, no the 49ers. Dallas. 49ers weren't. Yeah, yeah of course. So of course. it was probably me being too predictable going with every home team. Yeah, you should have gone chalk. <laughs> should have gone should have gone chalk. Well, no, you didn't. But you should have gone with what the pundits were saying because That's 40, people thought the 49ers were going to be a yes, tough matchup for the, for the Cowboys. So I pretty much went chalk according to what the the quote-unquote experts were saying. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so 6-0 and 5-1, and though, hey, you, you play the slate that's given to you and – that's all you can do. So we did well. Uh, let's see if we can keep it going, though, this this upcoming week. We have four really fun games coming up. Starts off with Titans, uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites, hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this game's tough for me because we're pretty unsure about where the Titans stand. Honestly, I've been unsure about the Titans all year, as yes. I am every year. Like, yes. maybe it's... <laughs> Maybe it's like name brand recognition and just because I can't get over the fact that it's the Tennessee Titans are becoming like an almost juggernaut in this league every year, winning and becoming like a threat for the top few seeds in the AFC and might doing a fantastic job over there. And I don't want to take anything away from Mike Brable, but I just don't trust Tennessee. I just don't. I don't know why. Like no matter how much of the eye test they pass, I still just my they don't pass like my gut test for some reason. How do you, I mean, how do you feel about Tennessee as a team? I, I have very similar feelings in that I just assume always in big moments that they'll fail. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it sounds horrible. Maybe it goes back all the way back, back, back. If you remember when they played the Rams in the Super Bowl and came up one y- agonizing yard short with, <laughs> with the famous Dyson like sprawling out, but just too far away and I think that's always been the case with the Titans they just I don't think they're ever taken seriously by anyone but they should be because they're good (laughs) and (laughs) it's it's just not name brand like it's a it's not a team it's not a sexy pick it's not a sexy pick to root for you nobody really loves to watch them play because it's not always the prettiest. It's not a shootout. It's not the stats aren't going to be there, but they just somehow win a lot and very consistently. Now this isn't an outlier. We've seen this for, you know, three, four seasons. And I believe Mike Vrabel should win coach of the year this year. In my opinion, Um, I know a lot of the experts would agree with that, but yeah, they're just, they're tough. They're physical on both sides of the ball. When they're healthy, that's the key word, because there's a lot up in the air with Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown fresh off being shelved for a while, but it seems like he's back. And it just comes down to one of those things. I, I view them a lot like the 49ers, except the 49ers with a little more like flashiness. They're, they're a little less flashy than the 49ers, but they're led by a quarterback who I just can't fully embrace. Yeah, Here's what I'll say about the Tennessee Titans and the 49ers. Very handsome quarterbacks, though. 
very that, handsome quarterbacks <laughs> that people don't want to believe in for some reason. This is true. They, you would think they would be more likable than they are. They've got faces you want to like, you want to root for. I mean, and I, from everything I've seen, Ryan Tannehill is a great guy as well off the field. It's it's confusing because <laughs> they just for whatever reason they don't have the charisma for people to want to root for their teams, cheer for their teams. So, I mean, what can you do if you're if you're one of those guys? Because they have, I don't think they'll ever do enough until they win the Super Bowl to silence the doubters. Yes. In any case, I'm going to predict this game, um, and I'm going to be kind of annoying because I'm going to put a, a contingency plan in place. Ah, because we don't get Bayless special. <laughs> whoa, whoa. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> the, uh, the all-caps tweeter. If Henry is healthy, if Derrick Henry plays, I don't know what kind of shape he's in, but I think just the fact that Derrick Henry would be out there, which we just don't know right now on Tuesday night, I'm going to take the Titans in a little bit of a low-scoring, lower scoring uh, game, 24-20. to 20. If Henry does not play, I'm going to take the Bengals in a little bit more of a fast-paced game. I'm going to say Bengals 30-21. to 21. Okay. I am going to make my pick without a caveat. I don't care if Derrick Henry is healthy, not healthy, playing only on a snap count. Uh, I am going to be a prisoner of the moment, and I hate – I hate this because I'm firmly against it. You always go with the you go with what the stats lead you to believe. You pick the team that you think is better. But I'm going to go with the Bengals. This is one of those occasions where I think the Titans are going to be just a little bit cold. They're going to be a little rusty. Derrick Henry's going to be a little rusty. He's going to get out into warmups, not really know how that that injury is going to be treating. Bengals winning a close one, and I'm going to keep on the the Joe Burrow bandwagon that I'm on right now um, and say that he leads them to a surprising 27-23 upset. I think think this game will stay pretty close because I don't believe the Titans have the horsepower to blow them out, which allows me to think the Bengals can stay just close enough to win one at the end. Oh, because you just think Derek Henry forgot how to play football. Pretty much. He's just, he's completely forgotten, you know, how to just carry the ball and run down the field. No, I think I anticipate he'll play. I, however, do not think he'll be a hundred percent. I think he'll be there, but his, his name alone and his energy that he's going to bring to the team, I think will make this a pretty like sneaky, good game. This may be one of the better games of the weekend. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it'll be close too. next is the Saturday night, uh, the nightcap. Uh, Green Bay, the biggest favorite of the weekend, five and a half point favorites against San Francisco. What do you like here? So let's take a moment to think about how cool that is. The biggest favorite is only five and a half, which means they're saying we should have some close, exciting games, which is awesome because that's what you should get in the second round. So that being said, the Packers have been one of the best teams all year. Aaron Rodgers probably will win the MVP. It's up for debate. Brady has a, has a decent chance, but typically when you win the um, the vote that comes right beforehand, I can't remember what it uh, it was for All Pro or some, that team, and he got first team. I guess Rogers beat out Brady for that, so usually that means he he'll probably take the nod in the MVP. I don't see the Packers losing this game. The 49ers are a scrappy road underdog, and they've proven it all year. They've won games. They sh- any no one thought they had any business to win uh but here with with rest the cold weather and how 
well I've seen the Packers defense play this year, which has been something they've often lacked. Uh, a lot of Rodgers-led teams have not had the def- the defense really necessary to make that Super Bowl run. I think the Packers D will play just good enough and force a few timely Jimmy G turnovers because he's always he's due for at least one pick in every big game. As we saw, he almost gave it away uh, versus the Cowboys. So I'm going to say that the Packers win by two scores. I'm going to say 31 to 20. Wow. Okay. So we both actually have the Packers winning it and both, both are taking the Packers with 31 points specifically. So we're in alignment there. Uh, I have them winning 31 to 24. I think the, the Jimmy G narrative, like I hate that it is true. I hate that watching the Cowboys game the other night, the Cowboys were done. They were dead in the water. It was over. And Jimmy G just kept making dumb plays over and over and the last, it seemed like the last hour of the game, but it was in real time, probably only like nine, nine game minutes, which is still a long time. Uh, Shanahan clearly told Jimmy G, you are never to pass the ball again <laughs> in this game because he had one that was low and then Kittle like almost fumbled the ball. And that was almost a disaster. He obviously threw the interception. He tries his best to give away games. And so, I think that the 49ers, as difficult of an out as they are in the playoffs, and they are always a tough out because of their style of play and their smart tactics and the way that they can get their different players freed up offensively under Shanahan. I just don't see Aaron Rodgers losing fresh off of some rest. I think for the Titans, it could be a bad thing. For Aaron Rodgers, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I think he's going to play his best uh, his best football come playoff time, and I do have them have them winning by seven. Okay, so we're 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 in a pretty we're in alignment there. Um, I I agree with the fact that I think the rest does someone like Rogers a little a little better, and the Packers do have some some injury concerns on their offensive line with Bakhtiari coming back. So I think it'll that week off will be crucial for him. So that leads us to the other AFC matchup uh, that on paper is for sure the most exciting matchup of the weekend, especially after what we saw in the wild card round with both teams, just going absolutely nuclear on offense. Um, the, if you don't know what I'm talking about, the the chiefs and bills are playing each other this week, which many thought would be a AFC championship game, but because of how the seedings ended up aligning and the chiefs falling from the top seeds, they ended up, uh, playing the Bills one round early, which was slightly disappointing to someone like me who anticipated that as the AFC Championship. But this this game brings a lot of things into into the into into the light. Um, you have Mahomes, you have Allen. I mean, this could be an absolute shootout. Yeah, I'm so hesitant to be super excited for this game because I am. I am very excited for this game. Like you said, I wish it was one round further. I don't want to see the Titans or Bengals in the AFC Championship. I want to see the Bills and the Chiefs and their their prolific offenses. That being said, I'll enjoy it this weekend. But here's my fear: is this happens sometimes with games that are supposed to be huge shootouts? It becomes like a defensive slugfest sometimes, and and I'm a little worried that'll happen for this game. I don't I don't actively believe it will, but I am worried that it will. So I, I don't I hope that does not come to fruition with this game. 
just with how at the end of the wild card round, how well the Bills and the Chiefs went against uh, went against the Steelers and the um, and the Patriots. They were just unstoppable once they got into the groove. The Bills never never didn't find the groove. They were in the groove from the first drive. The Chiefs took a little bit after the first quarter, but they were unstoppable too. I am pumped for this. I hope it's a shootout. I am predicting a shootout. Uh, I'll just say I wouldn't be surprised if it was somehow a low-scoring game. Uh, I'm going to actually – I'm going to root for the Bills, and I'm going to pick the Bills in this game. I have a little bit more more faith in some of the creativity that I saw with the, with the Buffalo offense. Um, maybe it's a little bit of a letdown game for some people against the Chiefs because they just beat their longtime nemesis in the East in the playoffs. But I think the Bills stay true to the course. I don't see them taking their foot off the gas – and I see them whipping a, a much improved Kansas City defense, but I don't see Allen. I don't see them having answers for Allen even outdoors at Kansas City. He's used to that type of weather. He's used to that cold. He's used to that rocket, raucous atmosphere. I have the Bills 35-31. So predicting a shootout, yes, I I'm going to go ahead and agree with the shootout aspect. However, I'll start it off by saying I'm going to go with the Chiefs, uh, 34-30. So also in a shootout, just having the the other quarterback uh, take it at the end. This game, I'm very conflicted with this game because I really enjoy watching both teams. Like I said, I can't stress that enough that this isn't one round further. Uh, I don't want to see either of them go home. However, and this, this, is, this was by far the hardest pick for me to make uh, because I believe, a, I believe in both quarterbacks a lot. Uh, I know a lot of people still have their doubts about Josh Allen, uh, there's not really anything to doubt about Mahomes. I know people who really hate him find reasons to doubt him, but I mean, the talent's there, the playmaking's there. He shows up in big games. It's just, there's not really much you can argue about that. So Josh Allen, on the other hand, has faltered before in big games. Obviously, last week he proved a lot of doubters wrong by playing arguably a perfect game. Uh what they did on offense against a Patriots defense that were not slouches. This, this wasn't like they were going up against the Houston Texans defense. This was a game in the really cold weather against a team that is known for playing well in the cold. And they absolutely dismantled them. The game was over before it even started. They didn't punt. They didn't get stopped. They were just six for six, seven for seven, whatever it was on touchdowns. Allen looked like the guy that a lot of us have anticipated him becoming and have been waiting to see because he has all the talent in the world. I mean, he has the body. He has the arm strength. He has the playmaking ability. He has the durability. I mean, there's just, it's almost one of those cases when he's on or when the bills offense is on, there's little to nothing. Any defense in the NFL is going to be able to do about it because when he's running like he is and making plays and converting and moving the sticks. And when you have talent out wide, like Stefan Diggs, and we've seen an emergence of Gabriel Davis and even flashbacks of Emmanuel Sanders. And obviously Dawson Knox has finally put it all together after a few years in the league, but they're tough. They are very, very tough. And we obviously made a pick to have the bills win the super bowl um, in the preseason. So this is also conflicting with me picking the chiefs. This might be a little what my way of like being happy either way, either way I get the pick right <laughs> or my super bowl pick before the season ends up moving on. But 
I'm excited for this game. We know what the Chiefs bring. It's Mahomes. It's Kelsey. It's Andy Reid's creative play calling. I don't see them slowing down. I think last week, having getting to play a game was actually more beneficial than if they would have received a bye. I think playing a team like the Steelers and really getting to work your kinks out on offense, like they started very slow. They were down 7-0 after that strip sack. But then once you saw them kick it into high gear and start flowing, they they can flow pretty much better than any offense in the league once they get going. They are very, very tough to stop. So I'm going to have them winning a close one. I think... I think Mahomes just pulls this one out. I, I like his chances head-to-head when he plays against Allen, but if there was ever a time, the Bills should the Bills can win this game because it looks like Allen is in prime position. Yeah, you know what I want to see is I want to see the Henny versus Trubisky show. <laughs> that's, that's, I think, what we really want to see out there. <laughs> well, I, I mean, in that case, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with – Chad Henney because name. I mean, that's 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 a Chad. You root for your fellow Chads out there. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't root for any Mitches. You root for no. Chads. <laughs> All right, <sighs> closing out the weekend, we have the goat, the guy that wreaked havoc upon your poor Eagles this weekend, and what yes. seemed like was just a a rewinding of the Patriots <laughs> game for most of that game, uh, and then we have. Uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks facing off against his three-point favorites against uh, the Matt Stafford-led Rams, who come in with Stafford's first-ever playoff victory, a huge, a huge burden off of his shoulders because mm-hmm. he constantly was getting talked about before that Cardinals game. Hey, when are you going to win your first playoff game? He was going to go down the Andy, Andy Dalton road of like oh, making no. the playoffs a few times and then never finishing it past the wild card round or the first for round. those of you who aren't familiar with Andy Dalton, you do not want to be going down any road associated with him. <laughs> no, 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 that's not the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not the road that you want to be on. And Stafford was heading down it, but he got it together. Uh, Kyler Murray looked absolutely horrible against that Rams defense. And that game was, so two teams coming off of really easy wins, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the first round. And these teams did play earlier this season. The Rams did win, and they kind of smacked around. And they have a formula that can work against Tom. When you get when you get the uh, the defensive line that really pressures the quarterback and forces him to get a little bit happy feet, which Tom can do. We've seen it in the playoffs before. We've seen it in the regular season before. It definitely can be a, a tough tough thing for the guy who seems to never lose in the postseason. So my pick for this game is going to be the Buccaneers because I just something tells me that Tom Brady is just not going to lose in the playoffs as a member of the Buccaneers. I just, he's just not going to for some reason ever. And it's just not ever. It's just going to (laughs) tear me like as a Patriots fan, just going to make me so sad and angry at the same time that he keeps doing this. Uh, So Buccaneers and actually the lowest scoring game of the weekend for me, 27, 17. However, you'll, you'll secretly still be kind of happy and you don't understand why. Cause it's still nice to see him do well because of all the nostalgia. (laughs) Yeah, it's oh, it's honestly, it's one of the most unexplainable feelings, and I, I talk to my therapist about this <laughs> frequently because it tr- it troubles me. It's yeah, I, I I can imagine it's it's troubling to Bill Belichick as well. <laughs> it should be, he, he he should atone for his sins because I know Kraft is rooting for Tom. He doesn't care. He's like, let's go, that's my boy. <laughs> All right, so this is. Yeah, you have the GOAT. I mean, there's not much to say about 
the one thing I will say about this matchup that I think is more important than any other aspect is Tom's going to be Tom. Like the, he's going to do his thing. He's going to play well. Tom does, Tom does not not play well in the playoffs. Like you can't point to games in the playoffs where Tom has played poorly. He may have lost the playoff games. Like he lost the Super Bowl against the Eagles, but he threw for 500 yards. <laughs> it's like he, he's going to be, he's going to do what he does, which is dissect defenses at a more effective rate than anyone in history. But the, it's going to, I think it's going to be down to the health of Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen. They had, mm-hmm. if, if you did not watch the Eagles game, if not for anything else, the Rams can call up the Eagles and say thank you for <laughs> just injuring the Bucks' offensive line because Tristan Wirfs had played every snap of every offensive like snap of the entire season for the Bucks, and he he is a load on that <laughs> on that side. And Brady loves having him. Ryan Jensen as well, and I believe their backup got banged up for Tristan Wirfs, which means that offensive line is. Uh, shaky at best right now to put it and when you're thinking about the prospects of lining up against Aaron Donald and Von Miller that's not something you want to have to worry about (laughs) going into a game because the Rams are one of those teams like you said they have a formula they are a team that can get pressure with four they don't need to blitz to get pressure their their guys can win individual matchups and sometimes win double teams so I think the health of his line is going to be first and foremost the, the most important thing to determine how this game is going to go. Because I think both teams have skill players. You have Mike Evans. You have OBJ and Cup. Stafford Stafford also is a wild card because, as you know, and we've talked about frequently, Matt Stafford can either be like look like a god some games where he throws for three or four touchdowns and 350 yards and looks amazing dropping like dimes all over the field. And then his inner Jimmy G creeps in sometimes <laughs> like a <Poor> dart, <laughs> something that he tries to like swap back and be like, no, 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 not now, Jimmy, I'm trying to win this game, <laughs> but he he's inconsistent. That's it's been the story of his whole career. He he's always put up the stats. He's always he's a tough competitor. You can never argue with that. The guy has played through countless injuries. Um, he's allowed Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup to be the two highest receiving like like yardage total like receivers in two different seasons. So clearly he can fling the ball. I think OBJ is going to be very very important because I think the Bucks will try to take away Cup, which means. Odell Beckham Jr. needs to win his one-on-one matchups. And if he does, I like the Rams' chances. So I'm going to go with them 30-27 in a close game. I think Stafford gets it done. This might be a little biased. I just, I really want to see Stafford get to one Super Bowl. Just one. After all those years he sacrificed in Detroit. Anybody that puts up for what with what he put up with in Detroit for that long needs to taste glory just one time. <laughs> I, I disagree. <laughs> I, I just disagree with everything you just said. <laughs> I know you just don't want to see Tom Brady in the playoffs at all anymore. So yes. <laughs> that's your real reason. So next week, uh, just previewing whoever the Bucks are playing, I am picking them to lose. <laughs> <laughs> really had quick, enough, Tom. On on that topic of the Bucks, you mentioned Tristan Wirfs and. Ryan Jensen, the two offensive linemen who got hurt, really quickly just to refer, just for 
uh, reference for those listening. Tristan Wurst is a 300-something pound man who is in waist-deep water in the pool and jumps out of the pool. Like, just jumped out of the pool. It is the most insane video. Thus, and, why I referred ahead. to him as a load. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he's a monster. That is insanity. And Ryan Jensen, during the game, got folded up like like his in the bad way, not forward-leaning, backward-leaning. He got folded like cheap origami. And that man came back into the game to play. <laughs> I'm te- this, this just proves exactly what we said earlier. Linemen are the elite athletes in this game. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> so I have a question for you, Chad. So we've talked about the football in, uh, analysis here. Uh, we've, we've talked about who we think is going to win. I have sort of a fun challenge for, for us to, to go through here um, if you're game. So we have eight teams left, and I want us to pick. It's a hard challenge because we're on limited time, but out of the tons and tons of songs out there, that exemplifies this team's playoff situation or playoff run, what would it be? And so we'll start in the same order that we sort of went down. We'll start with the Titans. And, and what is your song that you think uh, like exemplifies what the Titans are going through right now in the playoffs? So that's tough because, you know, there are millions of songs. <laughs> <laughs> so uh narrowing down one let's see the titans when i think of the titans i think of a team that plays ugly but they can win on any given night um i think it's that it's that factor of like there are 60 minutes in a game and it, you don't need to beat a team nine out of ten times you don't need to even beat a team four out of seven times this isn't the nba this is one game for all the marbles you just show up on the field and you beat them one time so with that i'm gonna go with a song by my man Toby Keith that is I ain't as good as I once was but I'm as good once as I ever was so that's when I think of the Titans I think of someone that could lay an egg like eight out of ten games like they get absolutely lose nine or ten like eight or nine times but then that one game they show up and they win and you're just like wow the Titans played a perfect game it was ugly but it works for them so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with that song for them, thinking that there's always a chance, right? They could just show up and just dominate. I love Toby Keith, <laughs> so I'm happy that you picked that, and it's appropriate country music for the Titans in, in Nashville. That's right, Nashville, like you got to. It had to be. That's a good one. That's a good one because, well, the disrespect for the Titans is so real, though. Eight out of ten times, you think they're going to lose a game. <laughs> Yes, that's okay. my, my lack of faith in Ryan Tannenhill. It's unwarranted, but for some reason I can't get off it. It's just imprinted. <laughs> well, because we both picked the Bengals, well, I sort of picked the Bengals this week. Sort yes, of. sort of. <laughs> uh, my pick for the Bengals game, or for the Bengals team, is uh, a a band that you and I grew up with. We probably didn't listen to growing up, but we, we know their music. Uh, sync. Oh yes, that's that's karaoke central right there. <laughs> so I'm sure you've seen the "It's gonna be May" memes. Well, it's gonna be me. It's is my choice <laughs> for Cincinnati, and the reason is that when I see Cincinnati, I think of the lyrics to that song, and it's all that I do. It's not enough for you. 
you don't want to lose me again. I'm not like them. And I think of that, and I just think back to the Dalton days, like we talked about, where Andy Dalton constantly is causing fans to think, oh my God, here we go again. And this Bengals team is trying to say, I'm not like them. I'm not like Andy Dalton. I'm, I won a playoff game. We know how to do this. We're actually good. And I think that this is their theme song because they're, they're out here saying, nah, the Titans, they're fine, but it's going to be me. Like, we're going to move on because they're just – they have personnel to do it, and they don't have Andy Dalton. Yes, I mean, the most important of what you all – what everything you just said was that they don't have Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. That is so harsh to Andy Dalton, but oh, that, that poor man just could not win in any chance he had for any glory with the Bengals. They got the best postseason matchups. Didn't matter. Still a loss. Something happened. Andy is just, he's only good in the regular season. And yeah, Joe Burrow is not Andy Dalton. He is already better than Andy Dalton. And he's only played like a year total because of his injury. Oh, So ripping on Andy. Our next one, we're going to go with the the Packers and 49ers. So I'll start it off here with the the Packers because they I I'm not afraid to admit. I love Aaron Rodgers. Big Aaron Rodgers fan. Would love to see would love to see him and Stafford go at it for a shot in the Super Bowl. So for the Packers, when I think of their team, I think of a team that is it seems like they're here every year. This is like Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray. Like it, I feel like we've seen this story before. Like a Packers team is twelve and four. A Packers team is thirteen and three. A Packers team is hosting the NFC Championship, and you just you're like, wow, they are always good. And it's like, yeah, they are always good, but then they lose. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with a song by White Snake. Here I go again. Because I feel like Packers fans are just like, all right, we're pumped. Here we go, baby. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> and in the back of their mind, like I feel like they're just thinking at the same time. They're like, why did Tom Brady have to come to the NFC? Why in God's name? <laughs> like we were already struggling to get out of the championship game. Now we have to go through the GOAT. But I think that's an appropriate song title where it's just it, – the Packers are always there. Like – I think Rogers is something very poor, like one in five or one in like one in five in NFC championships, which I'm hoping he breaks this year, but here they go again. (laughs) I love that. I love that choice. I'm actually going with like a similar, uh, in my mind, they're at a similar time frame. I have no idea when this song was released (laughs) or how I, or here I go again was released, but in my head, they're, they were released around the same time, so I'm going to stick with it. It's a song called Hold On Loosely. I think it's a one-hit wonder band, and it's, it's, the song goes, hold on loosely, but don't let go. If you cling too tightly, you're going to lose control. You've probably heard it if you, if you, if you uh, yeah. listen to it. But the reason I'm picking this is because I think this is the struggle that Shanahan and Garoppolo have dealt with, have dealt with ever since they embarked on this journey together was Shanahan fighting both himself and Garoppolo, and Garoppolo the same way, fighting both himself and Shanahan to like when you're doing well in a game just hold on but don't overthink it but don't underthink it you have to think about it the (laughs) right amount and like jimmy either tilts beyond all belief and or shanahan calls him he just changes his entire playbook and starts calling ridiculous plays that we've seen in the super bowl before or they so they, they either like try to overthink it or they just completely underthink it and it's like run 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 and it's over and so i 
honestly, I just want to see a game where somehow they hit that perfect medium where they don't lose control and they hold on the correct looseness amount <laughs> to win the game. Very carefully, the correct amount of looseness. <laughs> we don't we don't want to see any tightening up by Jimmy G. Just relax, bud. I know <laughs> I know he's getting tight getting tight in all the wrong places. <laughs> Going back to the AFC for the, the Sunday afternoon tilt, Chiefs Bills real quick with the, the underdog bills. So with Buffalo, I'm gonna go with uh, a pop diva of our time, Miss Katy Perry. I love it. And Katy Perry, I'm choosing Last Friday Night. Very catchy song. Very catchy. Um, The reason I'm picking this song is because every time I watch the Bills game, I think it's it's a fun party night. Like, I've just gone to a a blacklight rave. And (laughs) for some reason, that's how Bills games make me feel. Partly because of Bills Mafia. They're just outrageous fans, and they do outrageous stuff, jumping through tables and baptizing their babies in beer and things like that. (laughs) And I feel like those are the kind of things that Katy Perry would sing about in that song. Like she talks about flamingos on the grill or something at some point. I don't even remember all the lyrics, but there's weird things that happen in that song. And I think that's what you get out of a Bills game. I mean, they could lose to the Jaguars. Yep. But but they also could go puntless against Bill Belichick. And that's just a, that's a fun Friday night for me. That's a good time. Yeah, they, they, they did lose. <laughs> They did. They did lose to the <laughs> they Jaguars. They did lose to the Jaguars. It was not an if. They did. Um, I, I like that. I do like that because the Bills, the, the Bills are very much like that. I think the team embodies the the personality of the fans. I think the Mafia and the team are very, very similar in the aspect that they they're crazy and they're very unpredictable. They, like you said, they can drop fifty points. Like I think their point margin this year, if you look at the stats on like points scored versus points given up. They like some games, they would lose these games, but then other games drop like 43 wins or like 38 to six. And it's like, what is going on? No wonder these <laughs> fans are so out of control. They don't, they don't know what to expect. Like they, you're, one day you're coming in and you're scoring eight points and getting obliterated by the Colts and giving up five touchdowns to Jonathan Taylor. And then the next day you're dropping 50 on someone. It's like, it's madness. So I think that fits perfectly. Um, so with the Chiefs, I picked a song. Also, before I say that, I did look that up. The two songs that you were thinking came out around the same time impressively came out one year apart. Wow. 1981 <laughs> and 1982. For reference, that's before either of us were born. So that's crazy that you were that accurate. So props. Um, so with the Chiefs, I picked a song that I know I like to sing when it comes on the radio. It's And we actually referenced it in the last pod which is a a little nugget uh the boys are back in town and you know what they say about people that are back right (laughs) what do they say chad they're cool no matter if they win or lose so for the chiefs i think it's it's a very similar party atmosphere to the bills where it's like i think the chiefs after this week were like all right the boys are back in town afc we're here <laughs> we we were struggling during the season but we just needed one uh, one night with big ben and uh, we're good to go <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we dropped about we dropped six touchdowns consecutively uh we're back we're going to make another we've won the afc what two years in a row almost won it three uh I think they're just, they're back. They're partying. Everybody's back on the Chiefs train. If you listen to pundits and everything, even Vegas, they're all over the Chiefs. They're like, "Oh, Chiefs look great." All right, Chiefs Super Bowl favorites again. 
I think that happens often during the season with the Chiefs. I think that everybody is just crazy about them whenever they play well. But they also, in a very Bills fashion, have been super unpredictable this year. Yeah, the boys, they are back in town. And so much of the Packers that you just said, they almost seem like they're on a collision course with the Packers because it's like the Packers are back in the playoffs and the number one seed. The Chiefs are back in the playoffs and they're playing really well. And everyone's probably the smart money puts the Chiefs versus Packers in the Super Bowl. Yes, but, that's what that's what I predicted before the year. Besides my my Bills pick, that was my like smart. If you if I'm a if I'm an expert kind of pick, where you say like if I'm putting all the money on the table in my savings account and you made me pick two teams, I'm picking I picked the Packers Chiefs, and I did that basically because of the two quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean it's a totally logical pick, and it still looks like a logical pick. So I I think so. For some reason, the Chiefs just don't. I I think they look fantastic right now. But for some reason, I'm just not vibing as much with them this year as I have in previous years. And I I think it's probably just my mind telling myself that I want the Bills to win this game. And it, it could be – I definitely could see the Chiefs easily winning this game. Um, but I hope, the, I hope the boys are back in town, but they're, they leave this weekend and go back to their four different parts of the country. Fair. <laughs> uh, last game. So we have your favorite TB12 – going against the Rams what are you picking for the Rams we know you picked them to win I did pick them to win um the Rams the Rams are a hard team to nail down they have a lot like we've we've talked about you never know which Matt Stafford you're gonna get are you gonna get somewhat Tom Brady-ish Matt Stafford. I would. I hate that I even made that comparison because they don't ever deserve to be compared. Or are we going to get the Andy Dalton Matt Stafford or the Jimmy G Matt Stafford? Like, There's a lot of faces of Matt Stafford that tend to show up at random occasions. So with this, I think in, in spirit of my pick as well, I'm going to go with I'm a Believer by Smash Mouth. Oh. Oh. A little, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, that hits, that hits hard. We, anybody that, anybody that's our age, I mean, honestly, I can't even say that any older, younger, like you've heard this song, you've watched Shrek, the, the lovable movie that is, I mean, probably one of the best animated movies of my lifetime. Um, it's so quotable. It's so fun, but if you, I'm just, I'm a believer this year in the Rams. That's why I chose that song. I think the Rams are believing in themselves because I think they went all out this year. They picked up OBJ. They picked up Von Miller. I mean, I, I truly believe they've put, they've given Matt Stafford everything he needs to win a Super Bowl this year. So I think they're, they're putting the belief in him and I'm a believer in the Rams. I'm a believer in that song. I love that song. <laughs> Not necessarily the Rams, but that song is great. <laughs> yeah, that's a great song. And Shrek is a is an amazing movie. I might just watch it after this pause. It's so good. Uh, for the Buccaneers, uh, this is this pains me because this is my my experience with the collective New England sports fan base, and I'm going to say this is Hurricane by Luke Combs. And oh, love him. Who doesn't love Luke Combs? Oh, Voice of an angel. Yes, truly. And the song is, I think, about the Patriots and the Buccaneers, actually. Uh, if you ask Luke Combs about it, mm-hmm. it's, then you rolled in with your hair in the wind without warning. I was doing just fine. Something before your sight had my heart stolen. So, or Stormin, this is how I feel whenever I watch 
Tom Brady now because it's it just hurts my heart because he rolls in with his feathered hair and he's looking good in Tampa Bay and it's warm and he's slinging touchdown passes and they take away his receivers and he's still slinging touchdown passes <laughs> and it doesn't really matter and it's clearly it's clear now that he was the solution and not Belichick and it's it just stinks and it makes me so sad and that's how Luke Combs talks about Hurricane because he's still like oh but I kind of like this girl still because you know she meant a lot to me but like oh, it kind of sucks that I still care about her and that's you can just tell I'm I'm pretty this this hurts me <laughs> it's it's just it's exhausting watching uh I love it I think I think that is how a lot of patriot fans uh feel currently at the at the moment and have been for the past couple of years they just they they just show it through hatred rather than just admitting that they're just they're truly just sad <laughs> because they're just like wow they you can take away all of his receivers except for one and his offensive line's kind of hurt and he still scores points and we struggled to score any points against the bills even though we were healthy <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you had. Well, most of you do did know what you had, but clearly you let it get away. And now it's, yeah, it's just like that. It's, it is Tom Brady's that girl that just comes strolling into the bar every time. And you're just like, wow, this, this stings, this one burns. <laughs> you're like, and you just watch and you're just hoping he's going to lose. And he doesn't. And you're just like, wow, he's going to win yeah. another Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah so go listen to all those songs if you're listening on the pod see if you like it maybe there's something better there's only a few more songs out there to pick from so we we we, we could I have mean, missed one yeah we narrowed it down though like there's a there's only a few ones we possibly could have missed all right let's take a let's take a quick break uh let's get into the salsa tasting after this Hey everyone, welcome back. Let's get into the the best segment, our favorite segment, where the salsa is spilled, the salsa tasting. Uh, unfortunately, Chad and I aren't going to be doing what we did last week with the, the dual tasting. That was a surprise, and maybe we'll treat you for another surprise, but not today. Chad, uh, what do you have today for us? So, I'm going to have to preface this again, which is something that I was, that I'm, I'm saddened because as I mentioned earlier, I don't know if anyone missed it. I got COVID. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's something that does not allow you to, in good conscience, leave the house and go shop in public places. So last week I did have the incorrect and suboptimal chip choice. However, I still have the same poor chip choice because I could, my whole household has been hit by COVID. So we, we had groceries delivered, but I was not in the know and was not able to get the right chips delivered in time. So I have the leftover uh, on the border Mexican Grill Cantina, thick and crispy and somewhat crunchy chips. So I'm going to have to use them. And I've like tried my hardest to brush the salt off the individual chips and the, and the, and the dust to make this as, as clean as possible. So just bear, bear with me. I, I don't let, give me too much hate for this. <laughs> wow, I, I, I do. I do have. I do have COVID. Re remember that when you re unleash your hatred. 
Yeah, it's not going to save you, but we'll see. So, get this authentic here. You just... You might have heard the the salsa jar opening. Maybe. Oh, I thought that was I thought that was the chip cracking. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, not quite. So, we have the Green Mountain Gringo All Natural Medium Salsa made with pasilla and jalapeno peppers. Mm. So, I don't think we've done a Green Mountain Gringo brand salsa yet um, in our seven episodes, I believe, um, two this year and five back. A little farther back i'm sticking with medium uh medium is the go-to for me and i know you typically like a little bit of spice in your chip uh sorry in your salsa not your chip well maybe you do too because you get those weird flavored chips i'm <laughs> i'm not down for that so i'm gonna take a a quick scoop here so you can give me your thoughts while i'm digesting on green mountain gringo you have any experience with them oh i've had some experience with green mountain gringo and I enjoyed that salsa, uh, but, but uh, I might be biasing you. I've had it is all I'm going to say is I've mm-hmm. had Green Mountain Gringo. I think it's at a lot of the main main grocery stores. So it mm-hmm. might be just in the back of your cabinet, probably where yours was. So I, I'm curious to hear your take. Green Mountain GMG. I, I like to call it GMG. Um, it's a pretty common one after Pace and Tostitos probably in my household. You're doing double chip though, I see. Yes. I don't know if anyone could hear, but... He was he was vigilant to see me double chipping. I needed one more chip. That's first gut reaction. That's good. That is good flavor. <laughs> I uh, yeah. So we'll start with flavor. Uh, on our usual scale of one to seven, this is an above average flavor for me. I think this is definitely something that I would enjoy eating like in large quantity, you know, there's some salsas where you're like, I can have a chip or two and it's fine. It's like, eh, you're not going to sit down and just plow through a bag of chips while watching a game with this type of salsa with this one. Yes. I, I could plow through this whole salsa in one sitting. It's it's spice level is it's good. It's okay. It's good. Like it's, a, I think it's a comfortable spice level. If you're someone who wants a medium that is like slightly on the more mild side, this is perfect. Because it's not quite too mild where it the flavor is lost. I think it has good flavor and the spice is like, j- there's just a hint. I would prefer a little more than a hint personally, but it's good. So with flavor, the flavor is definitely going for like a, I'd say a five. I like it. Like it, anything I like is going above four and a half. So a five, uh, the spice level, that's average, I'd say. It's three and a half. I'm not going to go below three and a half because it's it's a comfortable spice level. I have to know that I prefer spicier things than the average person. So I'm not going to hit it. I'm not going to fault it for that because it's selling to the, the, the market, the majority of people, not just me. And then dipability, it was pretty good. It, it has better dipability than pace. Pace was a little too liquidy. I think it was it was tough to get a good scoop. I think there's just enough like actual peppers and onions you know when you're getting a little scoop and you can see the texture of the of the heat in there i think it makes the the scoop very well rounded so i think for dipability that'll bring it back up a little bit i put that at like a four and a half so i had a five a three and a half and a four and a half so that's that's above average salsa yeah it's a run-of-the-mill above average 
medium salsa. So you having had GMG, as I'm now hip to, what <laughs> what are your thoughts on my rating of uh, Green Mountain Gringo medium salsa? Well, before I – speaking of acronyms, you know who's, whose favorite salsa GMG is? CMC. <laughs> cmc i was i was going mgk but cmc Ah. also may be true fair oh so mgk a big a big fan of the gmg you say (laughs) i think so (laughs) i think so and congrats to mgk he just uh proposed to megan fox if a little pop culture nugget for anyone who wasn't aware there there he's tying the knot that's true. He is he is a friend of the pod, so <laughs> thanks for listening, MGK. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's a good rating for Green Mountain Gringo. I've I've never had any issues with it. I like it. I think it's a good, solid medium salsa, and I think very similar to you. I could I could plow through it. I love I love plowing through a good Green Mountain Gringo salsa. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think uh, there's some there's plenty of sports this weekend that I think I'll I will have said opportunity. Um, that being said, in terms of watching things rather than sports, uh, I know we did our view it or screw it that uh, I messed up or COVID messed up, whoever you want to blame for that, not me not being able to see the Kingsmen. Uh, this week, we are going to lower the chance of that happening by watching a movie that we can stream from our household. And we're going to go with The Last Duel. So what do you what do you know about the last duel? Is there any anything you know ahead of time? Any thoughts, reviews, anything you've read? Uh, I've read a little bit about this. This was one I'd want to see in theaters when it was out in theaters. I didn't get the chance to, uh, but I did find it appealing when I saw the trailer for it. I love all the actors. I think it's Matt Damon uh, and uh, why am I blanking? Kylo Ren. What the hell's his name? Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Adam. Guy. Adam Driver. Adam Driver, of course. Uh, Adam Driver. And I, I definitely want to see it. So I, I think that was a good choice. I think it's on, what, HBO Max? Yeah, HBO Max has it uh, streaming. Uh, I've been told by a couple people that, that have watched it recently that they were pleasantly surprised. Okay. Okay. I, I'm always good to be pleasantly surprised by a movie. So I think I'm going to like it probably. And I think mm-hmm. you'll probably like it too. So I think it's going to be a good choice. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. it. It was a film that I tend to, when I decide whether I'm going to see something in theaters, if it's an action movie specifically, I think the level of action and my entertainment needs to be, my anticipated entertainment needs to be pretty high because I'm, me myself, I tend to choose movies that are more plot driven and I'm willing to pay money to see it, which means I'm expecting a lot. The Last Duel was right on the border of that for me. It was one of those where I obviously recently have started doing the AMC Stubbs Rewards where you see three movies a week. So, like, of course I would see it now if it popped into theaters this week. But, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I I like, obviously, Matt Damon. Adam Driver's a great actor. Um, I think it's going to be a great amount of action. I think it has just enough story to keep me engaged also to see that it's plausible and – I'm excited to watch it and let you guys know if it's a if it's a view it or screw it. So that being said, the the very last thing that we've started doing, as I did last week, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> it was more of a lukewarm 
take that was not considered hot because I was not in the know that so many people were all hip on chicken pot pie. And I thought it was something that not a lot of people ate like normally. However, that's the lukewarm takes over. Now we're going to get a real authentic hot take from Matt this week. What's your hot take that's going to blow my mind and the audience's mind? Well, I don't know how many minds it'll blow because I think everyone should think this. (laughs) (laughs) But I cannot stand when people recline on airplanes. I think think it's ridiculous that someone thinks that they can just do that in front of someone else. I don't know why planes allow it. And so many people that I've talked to about this, because people get fired up about this. I I think one of our one of our good friends, uh, I'll actually call him out. Mr. Mr. Walker, he is a big proponent of the recline on the airplane, Oof. stating that uh, why would the airplane, why would the airline give you the option of, rec- of reclining if you're not supposed to do it? Because it's a test. It's a test of your decency as a human being, and you're give failing. Me, give me a break, guy. <laughs> <laughs> there, with that logic, I mean, you know, anything that's offered, you might as well take it. Like that's, that is not how things work. Just because something is offered to you does not mean you have to take it. It's called respecting someone's like privacy, like to space, like just to have their own space. Like I also hate reclining on planes. I don't do it because unlike people that choose to feel the need to recline in order to get a proper sleep on a plane. Give me a break. <laughs> get real. You're not going to sleep on this plane. Well, you're not going to sleep. Well, just do what everyone else does struggle and like try to fall asleep, but then don't and go on your phone or your tablet and just do something like watch a movie <laughs> because you, and also if you can't sleep without reclining, if you can't sleep either straight up leaning against the window, which is my tactic, or even leaning forward onto like your, your head, your uh, table rest thing that you eat off of, like, come on, dude. No, if everybody was reclining on a plane, that would be, that'd be a joke. <laughs> it, it, it would be, it would be a joke. So wow, I'm, I didn't know where you stood on this. It sounds like you're, you're anti-recline. I am anti-recline. And- I'll tell you one of the biggest reasons I don't like the recline is on the, the off the occasional flight that I am trying to watch something on like the screen back TV is not every flight has them, but if someone reclines, I can't see it anymore. It's, <laughs> it's over. Like I I'm going to have to do some awkward neck because I'm not going to recline my seat in response to the previous to the, the recline in front of me. Nope, I'm above it. I'm above you're, that. <laughs> you're above it. Even though you'd be justified to do so because they're interrupting your movie viewing experience. So then your reclining would then interrupt someone else's experience and you're just not going to do it. You're not going to stand for it. <laughs> I, I won't. I won't. I have to sit for it actually. <laughs> but you won't recline for it. I will not recline for it. So that's my hot take. We want to hear what you say because I know that there are people out there that think it is just inappropriate to recline their seats. I know that there are lots of people out there and I'll fight every one of you. So I want to hear it on our social media. Uh, we're going to get active on Facebook here shortly. Uh, let us know. You can tweet at us, but also on, on Twitter or sorry, on uh, Instagram, we're still present and definitely let us know feedback about the pod and how you're liking it. Yeah. So our Instagram's uh, pretty simple spilling salsa podcast, all one word, no spaces. And then Twitter, because you know, the handle has to be shorter. It's just spilling salsa. 
Um, social media, like we, like he, Matt said, we're going to get a lot more active with that. We're going to start pushing this out to friends, families, anybody you know that would be entertained from this type of information and content and humor, uh, a bit of nonsensical fun, some topics you may not, you're not going to normally hear when you listen to your your usual podcast or even television show. It's just, it's like we said, like we like to say, it's not something that you're actively seeking out to hear, but once you've heard it, you're like, ah, that was, that was pretty good. I, I, I like it. I'll listen again. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize you'd get that fired up either about a uh, reclining air airline seats, but I, I caught myself getting pretty fired up here. So give us uh give us your thoughts on those social media. We cannot wait to record next week. Um, I hope we continue to grow our audience and our viewership. Uh, can't wait to bring some more silly stuff to you guys next week.